welcome into Poke the Bear episode 64, presented by BetUS. I'm Evan Marinovsky, here with Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. And Connor, before we start, we always say, who was a number 64? And we were, we actually started recording, and then I stopped and said, wait, who was a number 64? And I said, Bobby Robbins and Lane McDermott. I said, were they number 64? And I was right. I sniped that. Sometimes, sometimes you just gotta relish in your own good things that you do. And this is a good example of that. I got those right. I feel like that's, I feel like that adds a few points to me in some way. Worth it to stick tab, Evan. Good job. Oh, oh yeah. Definitely a pat on the back. But Connor, what is up? Evan, doing well. Not recording from a Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. So things are looking up. How you doing? I'm good. Yes, that was uh, quite the the scene. Honestly, like it looked fine. I don't know if you went and watched the video, but it looked good. The sound was good. Um, it, nice little, amb- t- little, little ambient noise. The rain <laughs> bit of pad is down on the on my car. Yeah, for those who love ASMR that listen to this, maybe you could listen to that and were soothed by the rain hitting the top of your Honda. Uh, maybe that was maybe that was a good thing for you. Uh, but it, it it ended up being fine. That's why I was like perfect because it was either we did that. Or we would record at like twelve thirty in the morning. Yes. Um, so I was more in favor of uh, just sending you out the to former. the dunks and yeah. yeah, the former for sure, for sure. Uh, okay, so the preseason is over; it's done. Uh, next stop is the regular season, uh, but that is not for a long time. It's not until October sixteenth, and it's time of recording this. It's October seventh. We got nine days uh, until the start of the season. So let the season previews begin. But before we preview the season which we will on subsequent episodes of of this and Bruins beat um we got to break down the preseason a little bit and obviously uh Wednesday night was the return of Charlie Coyle to the Bruins lineup and he looked really 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 good uh what did you see out of one Charlie Coyle yeah obviously just one one preseason game but I think you have to be encouraged by what you saw in terms of uh him kind of getting back to the strengths of his game I mean we've Talked about it before that considering what injuries he was dealing with with his knee and what was kind of the fault in his game last year. Uh, obviously, the point production is what stands out, but you look at the eye test and he just didn't really have the same kind of uh, strengths to his game that we usually see from Coyle. Not to say that he's always racking up points, right? But the trademark Charlie Coyle shift where he's, you know, playing keep away in the offensive zone where he's powering through, getting past skaters, protecting the puck. Didn't see that as much last year, and obviously some of it had to do with the fact that he had a, a lesser supporting cast on that third line that really didn't get it going at all last year. But when you've also got a, a an ailing knee like he had, it's going to play into it. So the fact that, one, um, obviously good for him to get rewarded with the goal, keeping it simple, getting to the front of the net. But uh, just the way he seemed like he was a lot more assertive out there, uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction for the Bruins. And as much as we've talked about Jack Stanika, and I'm sure we will later on this pod, it, it'd be one thing if, you know, Jack Stanika had a really, really strong preseason as he did. He's probably on the outside looking in, and then Coyle, you know, played in one game and looked very rusty. It's not to say that, you know, a, a rusty first game in the preseason is going to be an indictment on how his year is going to go. But it's good that at least Coyle gets out there plays with Taylor Hall and Craig Smith and puts together a pretty good performance. I think as much as people want to see Stanika in the lineup, maybe ease a little bit of concerns that Coyle, at least for one game, uh, looks better, is playing well with his his new linemates, and most importantly, looks healthy and is back to playing kind of the game we're used to seeing from Coyle. 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it, the, the line, looking good with his line mates. I mean, just there was a play with him and Taylor Hall in, a, I think, the first or second shift of the game that they had together that they drove the net well. Um, and Taylor Hall took out a, a defender for kind of Coyle to have a lane to the net. Obviously, Coyle had his goal. But then there was that pass that Coyle made, uh, cross zone right before the goal to Craig Smith that was really good. I mean, there was a lot of little things that was like, huh, Charlie Coyle's back. And and I think also, you know, when he had Craig Smith uh, next to him last year, Craig Smith had just joined the Bruins. Like, this, people forget that that was, you know, some of Craig Smith's first games with the Bruins, and that's why he kind of started out a little bit slow. You have a revitalized Craig Smith on your – you have basically a whole new Craig Smith on the right side, more confident, more kind of comfortable in the Bruins system. Then you have Taylor Hall on your left. Um, and you have healthy Charlie Coyle, who looks great at the Bruins game, by the way. I mean, it's not the Bruins game. The Red Sox game, <laughs> uh, by the way. <laughs> looks great at the Bruins game, huh, Charlie Coyle? Um, him and McAvoy being there, uh, along with you against the Yankees, uh, on, uh, on Tuesday night now. Tuesday. Um, it's all blended it, together. Yes, all blending together at this point. Uh, I also liked how, it, uh, when they were on camera at the Red Sox, you, I think you could see Coyle kind of mouth to his girlfriend, like, we're on camera right now. Yeah, this, this is when we're on camera. Like, don't do anything stupid. Um, because yep. <laughs> that camera thing was there for a while. Um, yeah. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, back to hockey. Uh, but Charlie Coyle, I thought looked great. And I think this is, again, we, we've both said this. If you can just get 40 to 50 points out of him this year, if he could just be productive, if he can just kind of usher along or, or kind of go along with Taylor Hall and Craig Smith, that line could work together really well. And also we saw it on Taylor Hall's goal, um, on, on Wednesday night where, you know, Craig Smith takes his normal Craig Smith shot from, uh, from the right boards and they, they successfully break it out, and Hall drives the net hard. I'm wondering for you, how can a guy like Taylor Hall get the most out of Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith? Yeah, I think, as you said on that goal, was a great example of just how having Hall in that line adds a quick strike element where, you know, with his speed and his ability to move in transition, kind of makes a, a goal happen out of nothing, right? It seemed like almost like a harmless play. Like, wasn't even like you know, the, a goal that Olmark gave up yesterday, we had that kick save and it went way out to the slot. Like that was a kind of a loose puck that literally Hall just beat Vanacek too, like right there, right, right at the doorstep. Um, so in terms of that quick strike ability, Hall adds to that. But I think with Coyle, especially as much as I think Coyle is obviously a pass first guy is always looking to, you know, hold on to the puck. I think when you saw him play his best hockey it was obviously during the 2019 playoffs, but during that stretch, it was a lot more for him of being kind of a shoot first guy. Not to say that he's going to be Craig Smith. He's going to be firing shots from like 90 degree angles off the net. Right. But I think, I I think having a, a guy on the wing, who's a talented playmaker, a talented passer who is able to, you know, hold onto the puck a bit more and freeze up Charlie Hoyle to, you know, simplify his game, get to great ice, hover around. I think that adds another element to Coyle's game. It makes him more effective because you saw during that, that cup run in 2019 where a guy like Marcus Johansson was there, where a lot of Coyle's goals were, you know, either, you know, in transition or just, you know, finding that soft areas of the ice where he could get a shot through um, and where he's not the guy who's tasked with driving the play the entire time or holding on to the puck. Um, you saw a lot of that last year and he didn't really have the supporting cast Coyle to generate much out of it. So if you got a situation where he's in transition and Hall's holding on to the puck or, you know, he's on along the half boards with the puck and Coyle's allowed to get down low and open open up himself for, you know, a quality grade A shot, 
I think having that wrinkle to the offense, to that line especially, is going to be a major step in terms of getting Coyle going offensively where, you know, it's not like he's going to be the guy to drive it. I mean, we've talked about this before with Taylor Hall where he's more or less the new Krejci where the onus is going to fall on him to, I think, manufacture a lot of that offense. So if Hall's the one holding on to the puck and, you know, finding those seams to defeat a guy like Smith or Coyle down low, it's going to help everyone involved, right? It's going to get Taylor Hall going. It's going to get Charlie Coyle, you know, adding on points. It's going to help all involved. So definitely a different wrinkle and maybe not what people expect considering how Charlie Coyle kind of likes to operate in the offensive zone. But I don't think he's going to complain about having a guy like Taylor Hall feeding him grade A looks, uh, you know, in transition or in the offensive zone. No, and you even look at 2019, he played with Marcus Johansson and Danton Heinen and Taylor Hall and Craig Smith are substantial upgrades from that. And so yes. I think, you know, you add in the fact that he's healthy and, and also Charlie Coyle, when he's driving the net too, I mean, you mentioned finding soft spots um, in the defense. He's always been very good at that. I think that was something we didn't see a lot of last year. I think that partially came from the knee injury. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're going to start to see that um, happen a bit more this year. Also, another thing with Taylor Hall looks great on that top power play unit, um, which you had to expect, but he's been a great puck retriever thus far. It's, it's good to have, it's, it's good that the Bruins have him and Marshan down there kind of retrieving pucks as well. Cause Marshan kind of does that, um, plays that role a little bit. Obviously Taylor Hall, I think is more, um, suited for it. And they have him more as that sort of, sort of his thing. But then the second power play unit, um, I know this wasn't something we, we, we planned on hitting on. It's not that big a deal, but, Obviously, the first unit's so good. With the second power play unit, you've Grizzlick out there. We've seen Riley on it a bit, Craig Smith. How do you see that second power play unit sort of uh, coming to fruition? Well, it's one of those things where I think from the Bruins' perspective, it's like, well, hopefully our first power play clicks so much that we don't have to go to it that much. <laughs> that being said, though, I mean, I true so far this preseason, I've been actually pretty impressed with just how their execution has been. I think, as you said, Hall adds quite a bit to that top power play unit. Um, they've generated plenty of good chances. Also missed on a few. There's been a couple of times where, uh, McAvoy's had some trouble handling the puck up high and it's led to a puck getting past him or, you know, there's been a, uh, drop pass or a feed, you know, a seam pass that ends up going to kind of no man's land where I think just the execution's slightly off. No need to, you know, raise the alarms over that. It's still the preseason. You still got, that's a, Sweeney's like, that's one million deducted. That's yeah, exactly. One million deducted exactly. <laughs> um, but all things considered, right? Uh, I think the second line is second power play, even though they haven't cashed in maybe as much. Um, I still think you have to be encouraged by the fact that at least they're executing, they're keeping it simple. That's kind of, you know, as much as maybe Grizzly doesn't have as high of a ceiling as McAvoy in the power play. You generally know what you expect. You know, he's good at getting the puck back and just feeding it back to the open guy. Uh, puck movement's been good. I think. Felino, uh, down the net front, whether it's during the power play or even strength. Uh, I think one thing that's really impressed me is just his, his feel for the puck and his ability to move it, you know, very quick out of that net front role. Kind of like what Richie did. As much as Richie is known for being just the big guy down low, there's quite a few plays where he did, you know, hold on to the puck for like a, a split second and feed it back out to a guy. Like I, you've seen a little bit of that with Felino. So, uh, obviously the second power play unit is not going to get that many reps. You'd imagine the Bruins hope they don't get much at all if the first power play is operating like they expect it to. But it's also, I think, maybe encouraging from the Bruins' perspective that they're still moving the puck with authority. They're still getting looks. You still got talented guys on that on that second unit with Smith and DeBrusque and Grizzlick and all those guys. Like there's still talent all over that group. It's just uh, encouraging, at least during the preseason, that 
the execution has been there. Whereas the first power unit execution a little bit wonky, but I mean, look at the talent. I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think I think they'll they'll come to. It's funny you mentioned Nick Ritchie. Pete, no one was talking about this. The biggest story of Tuesday night was not that the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the wild card. It was that Nick Ritchie had two goals for the Maple Leafs in the preseason. About to become the next Alex Ovechkin, Nick Ritchie, Nick Ritchie Ovechkin. Um, that is, a, that's not exactly like a safe bet, right? You wouldn't say Nick Ritchie becoming the next Alex Ovechkin. Not the safest bet in the world, right? Not, not, not the one that you'd want to put all your money down on. But when it comes to safe bets, Connor, why don't you tell us about the place with the safe bets? Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, sports bettors. This is Connor Ryan here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football is back. The Red Sox are in the ALDS. B's and C's are almost back, and it's time to get in on the action. I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Why do you ask? It's because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. 25 years. These guys have been in the business for a long time, and they know their stuff. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets. And they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS, so join now. Check out the multiple offers they have on the table, and you can get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit when you use promo code BSJ. That is B-S-J. Evan, no one beats that. What can you say? BSJ. Nobody, nobody beats that. People are coming out of the brush. People are coming, people were coming up to you when you were at the, at the dunks at the parking lot and they were knocking on the window and they were just going like tap, tap, tap. Nobody beats that. And they didn't say anything, but they just said nobody beats that. And like, thank you for adding, thank you for adding that out, by the way. Oh yeah. Well, I figured, yeah, because it would have been distracting for the listeners. Exactly. Anyway, I bet at BetUS, and so should you. That's BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Again, enter promo code BSJ. That is B S J. When you sign up at BetUS.com, and you can get up to two hundred percent in bonuses on your first deposit. BetUS.com, where the game begins. It's funny. People probably think we like plan out what we're going to say for that. No, that no, happened in real no. life. So it, yeah. like you, you can't how fake could we, how, could we, how could we, you know, yeah, run with that when it was, we saw it? it we experienced I'll never the forget it. in a Hoffman Whaler's hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jack Edwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyways, anyways, uh, one other thing that uh, people are going to definitely be arguing a lot about over the next bunch of days is who should be the starting goaltender. Uh, and if you're going off preseason play alone, I don't think it's even close. Jeremy Swayman's been the better starter for the entire preseason. He's been ridiculously good. Um, but then you have Linus Olmark, who, again, on Wednesday was shaky. I mean, Puck was going through his legs without real issue. Uh, I mean, I know you can go with each goal and say, well, they could. You know, this could have been better here. He wasn't that good in the preseason. And I get it. Like, again, like he's a free agent. He's in a new place. He's acclimating to a new with new defensive systems, new defensemen, all that stuff. I know the Bruins are obviously light years better than the Sabers, um, but it's still there's still adjustment times. I don't think this is going to be Olmark for his entire Bruins tenure. But if if you're deciding on who starts Game One, how can you not go with Swayman? Yeah, I mean, I literally at this point, and I didn't want to like declare 
any of you know who is going to who should get the nod after until we saw Olmark in this last game because who knows he could have went out there and had a forty save shutout. Like all right, he's getting back up to speed. And again, <laughs> I don't think I don't think people should still be sounding the alarms of how he looks in the preseason because I mean he mentioned just you know getting more reps and and getting back up to speed. I don't think the Bruins are overly concerned of like oh this is like a a Manny Fernandez situation or something like that, right? I don't think there's any need to like ring the alarms there. But um, in terms of just get earning that first stop, though, I mean, what the only thing that works in Omak's favor is the fact that he's the veteran and the Bruins signed him to a $20 million contract. Like maybe the optics of it aren't great that he's going to be the number two guy to open the year. But I mean, look at every other, every other thing working in Swayman's direction, whether it's the, the baseline numbers, the eye test, the fancy numbers, like everything you see shows a guy that as much as, you know, I, I think we're, I think the proactive thing to do, the pragmatic thing to do is to still be cautious of expecting him to hit a bump in the road as all young goalies do. But, you know, we're going to be in like in the middle of November and he's going to have like a 940 save percentage and going to be like, well, listen, we, you know, it, it could happen. So you just got to be cautious about it. That being said, you know, you don't want to let the, the hype train run out, of, run off the tracks, but he looks really good, man. Like, he looks like the same goalie he was last year, poised, uh, not getting beat on, not getting beat clean. Lateral movement's been fantastic. Um, doesn't get rattled. I mean, he looks legit. Like, for what we've seen so far, there's nothing I was going to really say other than that he looks very, very good. So, if he doesn't get the stat... Again, we talked about this during the uh, the dunks episode where uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we've talked about it before. Where you know what matters more is who starts in the postseason and, and what you see over the span of eighty two games to make that determination. Opening day can be a lot different. Like how many guys start opening day in baseball and they're not even on the road. Matt Barnes is a Red Sox closer. He's not even on the <laughs> LDS roster. So a lot can happen. That being said, in terms of just the you know. The only thing, again, working in Omak's favor is that contract, maybe just the optics of it. But otherwise, if you look at what what player puts you in the best position to win and start off strong, I think it has to be Swayman. Even some of Omar's, uh saves he made were shaky. You know, he'd end yeah. up, you know, on his on his bottom, or had, you know, there was just little play. Just it wasn't as steady as a guy like Swayman uh, has been, and Swayman's just been better. And again, I mean, the Wednesday night game was a real game like that both teams treated it as like an opening night type game um so to me Swayman is the guy going forward uh I know they plan on having it be a little bit split so I wouldn't be surprised to see like Olmark at the second or third game uh after Swayman but let Swayman be man I mean I think that like that you you gotta you gotta go with him to start and that you know it's funny when we did Bruins beat uh on Monday it was the same thing it was like well we'll see you know both have a game left in the preseason, maybe Olmark's fantastic. Maybe Swayman's terrible um, against the Flyers. And by the way, Swayman was unbelievable with a Providence Bruins lineup in front of him <laughs> in Philly. With Philly, with a lot of their uh, with with a lot of their regular lineup in. So, to me, Swayman's the guy uh, until he isn't. You know, and I think that we expect him to hit a bump in the road here or there. He'll have a bad start here or there, um, but. I, and I also just think like he looks good, right? Isn't there like that thing with him? And you said that he looks he looks legit. Um, and the eye, you know, if you want to play the eye test game, he passes the eye test no problem. So um, I think, and I also think I feel like Omar. I could be wrong with this, but I feel like Omar is going to maybe start a little slow. 
but in like somewhere in like November, December, he's going to be really good. You know, he's going to yeah. have a stretch of like 10 games where he has like a one, seven, six goals against average. And he's like nasty again. It's like, all right, now we're, now we're cooking. But I think to start, you got to go with Swayman. Um, and I don't see a reason other than he makes, other than Olmark makes more money, um, that Swayman should maybe not be the starter. But yes, Jeremy Swayman successfully moved himself. Uh, into that starting job, at least in most people's eyes. I don't know if there's, I don't think I've seen a person on Twitter, um, or anywhere kind of advocate for Olmark to start. Uh, but maybe I'm not looking hard enough. Maybe I need to look, look a little more closer. Get to delve into the depths of Bruins Twitter. Oh, that's where you lose me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, um, smart. Uh, lastly, Jackson Nika looks to be headed to Providence. Uh, I know on Monday you had said, that uh it probably wasn't the best idea because it's it's like it's like when you're in like be a pro mode and you're playing on like rookie or like pro like there's only so much you can do with that level you got to move to that next level i do feel though as if sednika will be brought up one of the first call-ups um in the event there's an injury up front or i mean it's because it's weird because even if he's like tearing up the ahl that's not going to get him to the nhl level what gets him back up to the nhl maybe aside from an injury uh, it would probably have to be just ineffectiveness from the guys we have up here. So that's the third line, which looked really good the first few preseason games, a little bit more quiet in the last game, but I think they want to keep that DeBrusque, uh, Howla, Felina line together. DeBrusque talked... can't stop scoring in shootouts, by the way. Yeah, exactly. They go to shootouts the and, they counted, and, and they counted those stats. The dude would have like a 50 goal season. Is that, that same move teams can't, can't solve it. Um, <laughs> But whether it's that line maybe hits a bit of a rut in the early going or uh, the fourth line, which, again, some positive in Lazar's, you know, physicality has been there a little bit more the last couple of uh, preseason games. But I think they want to commit to keeping with Frederick right now. I think they they want to have his skill set on that line. It's just getting him going. That's the issue right now, right? Like it's I think maybe sticking with him and give him five, ten games and if it doesn't pan out. Maybe you look elsewhere. Like, I think there's opportunity there if Seneca is playing well down in Providence, which we expect him to. And whether it's, you know, they have to shuffle things up. So maybe it could very well be a situation where, uh, if they need to shift around the fourth line, maybe it's you drop down a Felino or, or what have you and you open up the door for Seneca to be on that third line. Like, there's avenues for him to get up here. It's just, you hope that one, he kind of runs with it down and, and Providence makes the most of it. Cause it's still a tough situation. Like, uh, you know, to compare it to NHL, it's like when you're in be a pro mode and you're in like training camp preseason and like you have like 10 goals in three games and you're like, all right, I'm all set. And they're like, we're going to send you down to Providence. At that point, you're like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm going to sim to like December. Fuck you guys. Like, I'm not going to play all these games <laughs> of Providence. And then you get to there and it's like you have seven goals and 14 assists in like 31 games. And it's like, you're not doing enough. I'm like, I scored seven goals in a preseason game. Like, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to put in the effort right now. Not to say NHL uh, 21 is like real life. But that oh, being no, it said, is. It's just like Yeah. It. <laughs> but that being said, like, you hope that as discouraging as it is probably for a guy like Sidnika, who played well, wasn't like he was playing well, and, you know, Cassidy still was finding faults in his game. Like, every time you talk to about Sidnika with Cassidy, he's like, yeah, played well, played with anyone we put him with. Details of his game, which is important for Cassidy, for young players, was great. Like, you hope that there's just not that level of sneak of, like, what more do I need to do? Like, you know, I'm being sent down here just because I, because like, of a numbers game, because 
it seems like I checked off all the boxes of what they wanted me to do. I, I added 15 pounds of muscle. I played a lot better. I was more assertive with the puck. Um, did well in the PK. So, you know, I think he's still got a bunch of talent. You just hope that he gets down there. And as much as maybe this is a setback for him, he makes the most of it. And it's not like, all right, what am I still doing down here? It's all right. Well, I got to be the first man up when something inevitably changes in the Bruins lineup. So you hope that he starts strong down there, gets those top six minutes and sets, you know, burying points and, and makes a case for himself. Because as you said, if there's any player moving at all, I think Sinek is probably the first guy up. Yeah, also, I think, I mean, they could even be trying to preserve him in a sense. I mean, again, you don't know the future of Bergeron uh, and down the middle, as we've said multiple times, you know, you don't have a lot of uh, for sure options going forward. Stanika is really your hope, your hope that he he does uh, turn into that. Uh, by the way, shout out to the person on Twitter who's who made an account called like Stanika's extra 15 pounds or something. Of course. Uh, just tremendous. That's a great way to seize the opportunity. Also, another thing with be a pro mode. I love when, like, as you said, you score a ton of goals in one game or you go on, like, you know, in five games, you'll score like 15 goals or whatever. And they're like, I'm going to sim the next two or three games just to like move ahead. And it's like, you know, the coach, th- coach doesn't think you're doing enough. Yeah. You're uh, minus you seven be- in that game. <laughs> yeah. You might have to, <laughs> what? You have to move, you might have to move down to the third line. And it's like, what? Why? Um, hey, you punch the I was coach. Also, yeah. Punch I was also pissed. Threw popcorn in the stands. Like, they <laughs> yeah. won't fly. <laughs> yeah. I was also pissed. In NHL 21 via pro mode, because I was picked second overall. I tore up the pre, I tore up like the pre-draft. I got picked second. I was freaking so pissed. The only time I did be a pro mode, by the way, uh, was when I was in quarantine back in at, at the hotel back like a year ago now. Scarring times, but I had nothing else to do. So I was just like, oh, I'm going to join the NHL. Um, so yeah, that is that. Uh, we've covered the Sneaker stuff a lot, uh, but those are kind of the, leftover preseason musings uh we will have uh more uh season preview type episodes coming up videos um we might do a q a someone mentioned on twitter will you do another q a we might do one where we both just take questions from people and and answer what could possibly go wrong um what can the people look forward to though over at uh, boston sports journal yeah kind of as you said we'll have a bunch of preview content coming out uh looking at lineups final uh decisions with the Rasta. Um got a few features in the pipeline that I'm hoping to knock out uh for the season starts and I'm excited to share. So all that stuff will be over at BostonSportsChannels.com. So subscribe uh to BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three. Highly recommend all of it. Go do that now. For CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan at Boston Sports Journal. You poke the bear listeners. Have an awesome rest of your day. <laughs>